Hey guys, how's it going? This is Candace with Altcoin Buzz, and this is podcast episode number six. Uh, what well, we have Matt with us, we have Zach, and we have a special guest, Andre, all the way from Brazil. Um, guys, to kind of break the air, let's do a cute little segment where I want to know one thing that the audience may not know about you that you want them to know. And let's start with um, with Matt. What's one thing that you would like everyone to know about you? Uh, I am a drummer. How about that? Really? Nobody knows that. Yeah. For yeah. how long? Uh, since I was a little kid. So, you know, I told you I'm the elder statesman of the group. So I'm 44. So I've been playing since I was long time elementary school. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. I wish I was musically in tune, but I'm well, not even athletically as well. So, well, wait a minute. You know, I always tell everybody, I'm not a musician. I'm just a drummer. I just beat on things. So it's not as it's not as glamorous as I'm making it sound. That's awesome. All right, Matt, what is one thing that you want the audience to know about you? Welcome back, by the way. Matt or Zach, Candace? Oh, Zach, I'm so sorry. Zach, no, it's welcome all right. back. No, I feel like I can't feel his fill his shoes. No. <laughs> not saying you couldn't. My I, I apologize. It's all good. It's good to be back, you guys. One thing uh, you don't know about me, I'm currently in the process of planning my wedding. So that's pretty exciting. Oh, no. Here it comes. Yep. Here it comes. Looking oh. at the venues, the dresses. Well, I'm not looking at dresses, but I could <laughs> how be. Much, how much input do you have in your wedding, Zach? I like to say a, a 50%. But I'll, I'll, I'll give a little more. Wait, you know, I'll give a little more. Wait a she minute. Can take 55. I'm going to cry bowl on this, Candace. I'm sorry. I know this isn't part of the podcast, but, um, you know, after 26 years, Zach's percentages might be a little. Maybe his his market cap is not as strong as he's suspecting. Uh, I'm wanting to say. We had steady support all the way up, you know. <laughs> We're we're healthy progression right now. We're at a healthy state. Yeah, yeah. And so, she she has ninety percent of the market, Zach. That's that's what yeah, I'm going to tell you. She yeah. pre mined ninety percent of the decisions, but I have fifty percent of what was left. So hmm, I'm trying <laughs> to do that math in my head doesn't um, quite make much sense. I think maybe okay. Candace can speak on this a little better, but uh, it's all right. I, I would I would like to ask Zach's fiance on that point. Um, and Andre, what is one thing that you would like the audience to know? Welcome, by the way, to the podcast. Hey, well, one thing that really I really like people to know is that in Brazil we speak Portuguese and not Spanish. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every time I told someone, "Oh, I'm Brazilian," oh, they so you speak Spanish? No, I speak Portuguese. Portuguese, what? Yes, we speak Portuguese. So that's a misconception that you usually hear here. You don't speak Spanish. Although I speak Spanish, but not my native language, you know? Yeah. So that's one thing that I think is interesting. Awesome. A way to clear it out, just so everyone knows they speak Portuguese, not Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, for this topic, we're going to discuss the advantages of blockchain and cryptocurrency for developing countries. Um, it's kind of like, why would cryptocurrency be able to change the world and what benefits does it have? And we know that with Ripple, what's going on is they're using their XRapids uh, uh, platform 
to uh, they partnered with Mercury FX and they park uh, partnered with uh, MoneyGram and a wire transfer company and also Telecom. So we see that they're trying to tap into this market of wire transfers because they take such a long time. I think Shailen talked about it in a previous episode where people can be waiting weeks and weeks and weeks for money that they're in dire need of. And so I'm kind of have an open-ended question for you, Matt. What do you think, what part of digital currency can benefit these developing countries? Well, I go with the quote that you've heard from a lot of people. Of course, this isn't my original one, but the the idea that anyone with a smartphone in the world can have their own bank. So if they're holding up their smartphone, which, and I've been to Africa, been in spots where I thought, oh man, there's nothing here, and they all have cell phones. And so the the idea that they can now have the power in their hand to transact is huge. I know we're going to talk about Kenya, which so much is going on with that. But when you get to put the bank back in the hands of the people, no matter where you're at in the world, there there you go. You have a global market in their in their smartphone. Definitely. Zach, what do you think? What do you what type of technology do we see adapting and helping out developing countries? I totally agree with Matt that just the access to smartphones is is revolutionary in itself now that cryptocurrencies are are about. But another thing that I think is extremely uh, valuable is mining. These countries that have like hyperinflation and they're national dollar, their national fiat is becoming less and less valuable to them. They can now mine. And I know in Venezuela that they just said that mining was completely legal. And so they can mine these coins and hold on to them. And even though these are extremely volatile cryptocurrency, we all know that, but it allows them to hold a certain level of wealth to themselves by themselves, a level of financial freedom. Right, kind of putting it back in the hands of the people. Uh, And Andre, being as you are from South America and Brazil, what do you see the advantages of a digitalized currency for your country and those around you? Well, for a developed economy, the main problem usually is the the superinflation. So cryptocurrency is a very good way to protect your money against the inflation that this national currencies usually have. For example, in Venezuela, last year they have something like 2,000% of inflation. So, I mean, your money just go fly away and you don't even see. You get to situations where you need to, to, you receive your money today and you need to spend it in the same day or tomorrow you will not be able to buy anything. So, the money protection is really the main reason why people in development countries are really adopting cryptocurrency. Inflation is a very, very big problem here. And we see that. We're trying. We're starting to see it in these uh, countries that have started to fight back against uh, politician corruption and cor- uh, corporation greed. We're, uh, we're seeing it in the middle, the middle uh the Middle West, and we're seeing it in Europe and in South America. And so it's becoming a, a more of a problem than usual. Um, so speaking of Kenya, did you guys know that their currency isn't even a fiat? 
It's actually what they do because you said glo- they all have smartphones, right? They actually pay with mobile minutes. So if one person goes to a market and wants to buy a bundle of bananas, they're actually trading that vendor like minutes with the phone. The vendor like, well, it's 10 minutes. And the guy's like, okay, so they send minutes and get this bundle of bananas and is on his way. And what we see is there's there's starting to be no government stability in those areas, and there's no ability to combat that hyperinflation of any sort. And so they start setting their own exchange rate and their own way of currency. And socially, it seems like there has to be economic structure of some sort, and so they're adapting to this, and we see that. So the, because of Kenya's adop- adoption and Nigeria's adoption to airtime minutes, we wonder why are they doing this? And one of the reasons is, is their, you know, the wire transfer rates, it's about 23% of a transfer fee alone. And so they don't have the monetized value to do that. And so what we're seeing is people can't even afford to send money anywhere because they're not allowed to with all the incursion with fees. And so, you know, at what extent... Do we stop this corporation greed? At what extent can we try to combat it? And Matt, do you think that the blockchain, if it's adapted, could it fix these issues? Or do you think that there will be regulations to stop that? It's already fixing them. And as you see that in Kenya, when people have an option like that, they're going to take it. And it really can't be stopped by government at this point. You People are going to find a way. This stuff is going to find a way. I don't know if Andre is uh, probably has friends that he's heard these stories are, but in the Venezuela, I, I heard a story of the Venezuela Bovar that people have to pack the paper money in backpacks just to go buy a loaf of bread. No exaggeration. Yeah. Yeah. Is that right, Andre? Yes, you stop counting the money and you just take it for the weight so evaluated that it have only actually no value at all. You in, get a, a lot of money to buy a bread, for example. It's very strange. And Andre, how do you? What do you see down there? Where down there, south of us? What do you? <laughs> yeah, we know our geography. Yeah, sure. Us okay. ugly, us ugly Americans. Come on. But what do you do, what do you see the people's trust level in their governments when that kind of stuff is happening? Do they you, the confidence? Do they do they have the confidence that their government is going to take care of this, or do they, are they no. looking for alternatives? What usually happens is uh, the economy starts using dollars. So it happens in Brazil in the eighties, in Argentina in the nineties, and now in Venezuela. So people stop using the local currency and start using dollars. But sometimes, like in Venezuela right now, it's been very hard to find dollars because of the, some blockage and I don't know. But dollars are very hard to, to find and it's, you know, it, when, once you have dollar, you the government will catch you because you're doing illegal transaction. It's not right to use dollars. You need to use the local currency and you get into a really big problem. So that's why many people there uh, try to use uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. But the problem is that the government starts to to go into uh, 
try to take these people too because they want people to use the local currency. But the local currency, as you said, have no value. So it's people don't trust the government. They try every way possible to avoid using the local currency, but at the same time, you know, for example, to pay your bills, to pay your taxes, you need to use that. So it's a relation of fear, not trust. Zach, you had a question, I think. I actually just wanted to uh, take something back to what Candace and you had just said, where Candace asked if we thought that maybe regulation would stop it, and you said it already working. If we look back at South Korea, when they put their first ban threat down, and the people were rose up and said, no, 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 government, we're a... Uh, we want our crypto. And I think even if uh, governments try and they try and regulate it out to to some degree, they may have success. But ultimately, it's by nature, it's a pretty hard force to, to regulate. Yeah, that's definitely played out and proven out. I, I just don't think it's going to be stopped. And then here we have it. Candace, you mentioned it, right? That Venezuela just reversed. They said, oh, it's OK. So, <laughs> just well, a couple weeks I mean, ago, the world is freaking out that Venezuela is coming down on people. And now, oh, it's all right. Go ahead. Well, they're trying to monetize it. They're seeing the effects in the market cap that's like happening. China. And so what they're, what they're doing <laughs> is they're banning it. And then they're like, well, guys, guess what? We're going to release our own. And that way, those people have no choice but to abide by their rules and their regulations. And therefore, all that trust that we're losing, we have. They, they're giving these countries no other choice. And unfortunately, we see that in the, in the inevitable adaptation of blockchain. Guys, they're not... Like there, there's no meat and potatoes to it. What they're doing is, it, it's they're picking out the technology that they want, using it for their advantage, and then leaving the rest of it behind. And so, you know, with it, you know, when can we reach this sort of self-sovereign identity? When are we were ruled by documentation and institutions where we can't run without it? And so, it's it's very disheartening to see these developing countries in the way that they're unable to trust their own government to even be able to rectify the mistakes that they're making. They need food on the table. They, they're, they're starving their people. And so it, it becomes a greed sort of atmosphere where the elite get all of it and the people left over aren't even able to access it. And that's also an issue because you say that uh, you know it's so accessible. Digital uh, digital currency is so accessible. But what about the people that don't even have the ability to have phones? Don't even have the ability to look uh, use the internet? And so it just becomes disheartening that this technology that is supposed to be decentralized and made to free the people of this middleman is being adapted by these big conglomerations and used for their benefit once more. What do you think, Matt? Well. This is an exciting thing that's going on in the world. I think it's going to become the the tide is already turning with crypto and this to bring it back to the people and decentralize all this. But if you guys didn't get a chance to look at it, go to Billions and Change the on YouTube and the founder of 5 Hour Energy has been going for several years on this project. But they're getting uh, they're getting free power uh, to the ruralest parts of the world, helping with clean water. Uh, but the biggie is if they have free power 
and they have they can power their cell phone all day they can be their own bank right there wherever they're at and that project is really cool if you guys haven't had a chance to i don't know if any of you have seen that but two two big docu- documentary videos the billions and change and now on the second video what has happened was they've they've done this development and it took off so much in these rural areas of india I don't. It grew so much so fast, it was unstoppable, and people were able to grow their own food right, have the clean water, and have power all day, or power at night to power lights and fans and cell phones and iPads, and each one of them could have that. Uh, those kind of organic things where the people realize that they can participate, uh, they'll take off so fast, so fast, and people will go to that. Um, you know, I'm I'm not even one to to comprehend this probably as much as uh, is so many of you out there in other parts of the world. Go ahead, Andre. Well, the main the only problem that we have, for example, in the development countries, is that if you can't, if the government see that you are using cryptocurrencies, uh, unlikely in a developing country where developed country. Where the government will sue you or will take a legal action uh, in Venezuela or I mean in any other dictatorship you were going to to get a shot probably or go to the jail and you know there's not much uh, regulation people just I mean Venezuela there's like uh, some months ago people some miners Bitcoin miners they just got jail and after that they disappeared you know that's the kind of thing that scares people of using uh, cryptos in, in many of these countries. The technology is good. The, the well, everything would work very well, but the government just scares people. They they don't want people using, and they use all their their force to make sure that people will be. Uh, I mean. Who will be crazy to use Bitcoin and risk your life? You know, it's your life that is in game. No, not just your money, but when it's about your life, well, well, that's complicated. Yeah, they completely use the fear factor to keep their own classes at bay. Speaking of Venezuela, Zach, uh, I know you looked into this a little bit. What's going on in Venezuela? Sorry about that, guys. Uh, Venezuela right now, lots going on in Venezuela, right? We have uh, Petro, which is their national cryptocurrency. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's they just confirmed today that it was set to go ahead on presale on February 20th. And I know even there, the the Venezuelan government is dealing with their own controversies with uh, with Congress who are who aren't don't seem too happy about this, but. It's not letting them stop it. They're they're still going ahead, pushing forward with their cryptocurrency. And for those of you who don't know, Petro is a cryptocurrency that Venezuela is making a national cryptocurrency that is backed by oil reserves. Right. I think they said that they one Petro coin equals a barrel of oil. Right. I'm not sure, but it sounds good. I wonder, yeah. uh, Matt, you happen to know that one? Yeah, I don't know that one on the ratio. Yeah, I'll look into that. Andre, what were you going to say? Yeah, this is the price of the, the barrel, which like 
today mm. it's sixty dollars, I think. Yeah, I think oh. that's what I read. Yeah. It's, and it, it's crazy to me that, like, like Matt said, here Venezuela is, or Zach, maybe you said it. Well, Venezuela is first against it, and then they see the value in it, and then they see it as it to combat their own government issues with their their currency and what's going on going on in their economy. So they decide to create their own coin to try to. Uh, I don't know, make it sexy in some way to intrigue their investors to bring money back into the country. So I definitely see a lot of bigger companies starting to utilize this, especially governments, uh, to try to bring the money back into where it should be. Zach, what do you think? I just uh, got it right here that it is uh, Petro is tied to the value of a barrel of oil. So each Petro coin in itself would be tied to the value of uh a barrel of oil in Venezuela. That's crazy to me how they could monetize that alone. I wonder if they're going to use it as an incentive for other countries to tap their supply of some sort. I don't, it just doesn't make quite much sense to me to use that. I guess they're trying to combine a digital identity to it and make it, if an ability to access it as a physical asset? I'm, I'm not sure. What do you think, Andre? Well, they, they back to with the price of the oil because they are have some problems to, to sell their oil reserves. They have some blockage from Europe and U.S., I think. So they cannot use dollars to trade the, their oil. So, I mean, in any transaction involving oil around the world, you need to use the dollar. So we call it the, the petrodollar. But in case of Venezuela, where they lost a lot for their clients, they're trying now other ways to sell the reserves. But, I mean, <laughs> let's see what happens. Matt, do you think that countries are going to start using cryptocurrency to kind of bail themselves out? <laughs> I think currencies are manipulated in every country around the world. But no, this is this is a great comment because uh, you know what all they'd have to do, right? It's just like uh, the Middle East. Oh, all of a sudden, we have now decided we have doubled the reserves that we ever thought we did. If it's all tied to barrels of oil. Then all of a sudden, Venezuela is going to come out with a report, and well, we just found more in the ground. What do you know? We had no, we had no idea, and that'd be an easy path to manipulation. But I don't know any other countries that do that um, and manipulate anyway. So they, they're probably the only ones. That's got to be. That's got to be it. it. <laughs> I'm I got to mute myself because like I'm laughing yeah. so hard. Yeah. It's it's intriguing. I, I I'm excited to see where this is gonna go. I have, I have a feeling it's gonna you know take the whole classic, uh, <clears throat> a new commodity. It, prices are gonna fly, and then it's just gonna settle out real nice and quick. So, um, continuing on, I found this quote on Medium.com by Robert Greenfield. Uh, the fourth, and it's titled Blockchain Identity for Developing Countries. I'm going to read this quote to you guys and then ask you individually what you think of it. So 
here it goes. Robert Greenfield says, assigning blockchain identities across vulnerable populations could expose those communities to utility-based micro-economies where new value can be realized between community members rather than from dysfunctional governments and or abusive trickle-down economics, particularly in natural resource-rich states. So the question is, are we going to see the adaptability of digital uh, cryptocurrency to create a new way for those that don't have a structured economy to suddenly try to build themselves to be structured. And Matt, I'm going to go ahead and go with you because you usually have the best insight when it comes to these things. Oh no, man. It's like uh, Jeff and I were talking about, this is wealth creation 3.0. I don't know if you, how you'd say it, uh, but after internet, and everybody has this smartphone in their hand, and they have a good source of power, which the technologies are developing in solar, and so many things in lithium-ion batteries are set to double and triple in the next few years in quality and storage. And as we get more clean power, more of this stuff going on, you're going to another layer of this, is that they, if they have that option and they're fed and they have power and they have clean water, they're going to create other things. More more wealth is going to be created out of, uh, like, this village of people I visited in Ethiopia with in these rural areas that had, they were... They were so industrious. They're doing everything they can to make it. What happens when you put the basics in their hands and then they can transact across their country, even if it's just their country alone? But what if they can transact and they can start they can start creating more things, more uh, more industry? You know, they're very amazing people doing with so little. what What happens? When, when they have the basics and they can go to that next level. And that's what I see is going to happen globally on that, I for sure. I definitely would like to see that. I, I definitely would like the premise of this entire blockchain technology to still be at the benefit of others that direly need it. Uh, Andre, what are your thoughts on the quote that I read to you? Well, I think that uh, when we use blockchain in countries like, I mean, in Brazil too, where you always have some kind of crazy government trying to print money away and deflation is a real problem that takes people money away. When we start using cryptos, I mean, uh, it's, a, it's, it's for us, it's the new dollar. Because in the past, we used to, to buy dollars when we needed to save money from inflation. Now we can buy cryptos. So that's really good to see people being able to save their money and not being like uh, getting their money from the, the government taking their money from some kind of new economic plan that there's always something going on here in Venezuela, Brazil or any other uh, how can I say third world country yeah. uh, I mean it's, it's very good uh, to see people being able to take their money and being like safe for the next year if we felt some new economic craze government try to print money away so I really think that crypto enable a lot of people to to I mean now we can plan what we're going to make 
before running one, two, five years. Uh, that's something that we could not do with our fiat currency because inflation would just make the, the money, the deposit disappear. So it's it's a revolution. It's the new dollar for third world countries. Yeah, I definitely agree. How about you, Zach? Well, I definitely think both uh, Matt and Andre hit that right on the head there. When you have technologies that are being able to be to reach out to these these places that have never seen mobile phones and internet before and you the word we the phrase we use in cryptocurrency so often is disruption power when when you have something like cryptocurrency that has this disruption power can take some of that power out of the hands of the few and give it back to the hands of the many i like it's always it's progress right and that's what we're here for we're here for progress and like charlie said in uh, his video this week like his beautiful metaphor for satoshi did satoshi die so that bitcoin could truly thrive like this is it's all about decentralization taking power from the people who have held it for so long and kept so many people down for so long and giving it back to the people and letting giving them opportunities and financial freedoms that they just haven't seen before I I, com- I completely agree 100%. And it puts the passion right back where it should be from the beginning. And we definitely see that with this adaptation of this new technology, even if the government were to try to regulate, and I'm not trying to go, you know, go lay mis on everyone, but if they were trying to disrupt this, like you said, the new disruption, there would be another, this this younger generation, there's going to be, it's unstoppable. Like Matt said, this is unstoppable. Whether they chain down this, the next project's going to occur. The next thing's going to happen. This is a global front to, it's kind of to combat back what we are owed. And so you could definitely see where my passion lies in this current, in this digital currency and the platforms that are being used and the way they're using it, 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 in a human humanitarian efforts as well. We see that just to get money and aid over to those that are having to deal with all these disastrous events right now, it, you have to cross there's geopolitics and there's cross boundary issues. And there's these huge fees where the money that you're donating it becomes untrustable. There's no validity against it because you don't even know if your money's going to make it there in time and you have no clue if it's getting to where it should be. And so you segued into this pretty well, you know, the history of Bitcoin, what, what is Bitcoin for? And I actually have a question for all three of you. You, we see companies adapting blockchain and not Bitcoin and not using it for the purpose it was made for. Uh, Matt, do you think that Bitcoin can actually work as a cryptocurrency or will the blockchain technology be the only adaptable innovation? I think both. I don't think any of these topics are exclusive. I think this, because, like Zach said, that it's a disruption. It's a complete break like we've never seen. Industrial Revolution time internet information era time this is another disruption that a lot of the the institution things are ignoring right now or they're just flat out scared or whatever it doesn't matter but with a disruptive technology like we've never seen in a lot of people's lifetime this is going to it's going to change everything i couldn't agree more with what you said candace about this stuff it's going to enable 
people just simply, let's say there's, um, you guys remember, in you had the tsunami in Indonesia, and and people things are down, but you know generators, cell phone towers could still be up. What would have happened if someone could, from across the globe, within oh, gosh, how about a couple hours? Even let's say you're waiting on Bitcoin to go through and it takes a couple hours and it's a air quotes, slow transaction, but you can get relief and aid across the globe within a few hours, even using Bitcoin. Now, I personally would use Litecoin, use my Litecoin for that mm-hmm. uh, because of the transaction speeds, but whatever. Uh, but it back to what you said, Candice. So what? So I want to use Ripple, but it's through my bank. Great. Great. I'll use my Ripple through my bank. I'll use my Bitcoin through my smartphone. I'll just do it all. I'll use both. I'll use what the institutions are doing and I'll use what the people are doing. But all of it is going to grow. All of it. It's going to disrupt everything. Yeah, definitely. I have a bit of a more pessimistic view, but I like where you're where you're headed. As long as it's being <laughs> adapting, as long as it we're seeing, you know, it, this right, we're at the new frontier. This is the wild wild west right now. It, it's 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 going to be huge. So whether well, these, you're an optimist or a pessimist, yeah. Yeah, these same conversations were happening. You guys know in the early nineties. Um, you, I say you know, you don't know. I was, <laughs> I was having these same conversations. <laughs> So, I don't know. Zach, Zach wouldn't have, I don't know how old Andre is. So, uh, I might have been the only one having these, these same conversations. <laughs> don't make fun of me, Candace. Also, as we were saying, uh, blockchain is in itself has so many uses that I feel like it will be adapt more widely, but I don't think in itself that bitcoin is going to be forgotten it's the it's the market mover it's big mama bitcoin when when you go to the store and you ask someone hey so what's your favorite cryptocurrency they're gonna look at you like you're crazy like you just uh got off the sci-fi channel and started talking to them but if you ask them have you heard of bitcoin most people know what bitcoin is most and if you're pulling someone into the market they're probably going to want to stay with something more stable that's their starting point they're going to bitcoin and as long as Bitcoin's there and people have heard about Bitcoin, I don't think it'll I don't think it's going to die. I don't know if it'll forever stay top dog and maybe there'll be a battle. Maybe there's going to be a nice little fight we'll get to watch. But but blockchain itself is it's just we're in the we're in the midst of some revolutionary technology here. And as I just want to see it adapted as as far out as it can be, whether it be Bitcoin or Ripple or Dogecoin comes up like let's let's turn the tables here oh man yeah definitely i remember first getting into the market i had the same kind of perspective on things i didn't realize that there were other options i thought first off i i didn't even understand what bitcoin was it just didn't make much i thought it was like a game that people played i know i'm gonna get so much flack for this but i literally thought it was just like this like counter-strike game that people were playing and they traded their gun skins between them and yeah, all that tech stuff. And so I had no clue. So when I started to actually get into it and I saw there were different coins, I was just like, oh man, there's too many op- options for me. And so it, 
Definitely. When you talk to people about the fact that even with this Venezuelan coin that they're creating, people are like, how are they creating all of these these types of currencies when like they just like, it's kind of a, a mind blowing aspect to it that it's 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 literally technology that the average person has no idea what is even going on. You ask the person, you know, in line at the grocery store about cryptocurrency, nine times out of ten, they'll, they'll you're right. Bitcoin, and that's all they know about it. They stop right there and they go on with their daily life. Uh, Andre, what do you think about that? Well, I think that this crypto revolution that we are living, well, at least I hope that this, this is the first step for a, a global economy. You know, we need to get rid of these crazy currencies that we we have in many different countries. I mean, of course, there is some place like the, the in Europe that you have the, the euro that's uh, the same coin from to a lot of countries, but when we went to to South America, to Africa, to even Asia, you have a lot of small countries, and each of these small countries have their own currency, their own value of, of the currency, and you end up in, in a situation where um, making it into dollars, you, for example, you buy a car for 10,000 bucks in one country, and in the next country, you buy the same car for, I mean, fifty thousand dollars. These devaluations and uh, inflations and national currencies—it's really a problem for, for the, the smaller countries, for the, the weaker economy. So I really hope that this crypto revolution is the first step for a global economy, where I can buy the same thing for the same price around the world. Of course, respecting all these the the laws of the market, but I mean, if I have the same coin I could use here in Brazil or I could use in United States or in America, in Europe, I mean, it would be, in my opinion, it will integrate people, it will make the world uh, a, uh, a closer place, uh, not so so many countries, so many currencies. I mean, that's my hope. <laughs> for this crypto revolution that we are living with. I mean, let's see. What a perfect comment to end this pot with this episode. That's exactly the premise of the entire episode is a global economy. Andre, thank you so much for your insight. You know, it, there's a lot of people in this world that they, they can't seem to see what other people are facing and so that different perspective it, it opens up a lot of eyes and i appreciate it with that guys uh thank you all for participating in this i it, it's a it's a growing conversation it, it's always a it, i'm always hungry to uh <laughs> learn so much more because every day you wake up and there's something new that's happening as the a new technology a new platform that we're able to you know divulge in zach do you have any uh last remarks uh, I just want to take a chance to get everyone's mind off of this, right? So I think is a, one of the problems, not even a problem, I like I think we all love doing it, but in the crypto space is we immerse ourselves so heavily in all of this news and we're on Coindesk and Googling things about Bitcoin and Ethereum and whatever other altcoin you have, right? And so to us, this is all that exists. This is the news that we see. So anything that happens, we're scratching our heads and hiding in our blanket for it, right? But take a step back, you know, go to go to BBC or Fox News, and 90% of the time, there's going to be nothing about cryptocurrency on there. Just know that 
other things are happening out here. You, you guys got this. Keep your heads up. I have one question for Zach, Candice. Is, yeah, because this is a biggie. This is a biggie altcoin buzz community here. We all want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. Is Zach going to register his wedding on the blockchain? Because I <laughs> think I think if he puts if he puts it out there in the addresses and, and like a wedding registry, even you know maybe he's going for Litecoin or that or I don't know. I think Andre said before the broadcast maybe Zach could do an ICO about his wedding. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely have an ICO in the works, guys. So uh, I'm probably not going to make it available to U.S. citizens just to make things harder oh, on you guys. That is but, harsh. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make you work for it, right? But uh, yeah, so keep an eye out. I haven't decided between uh, Stellar and Ethereum yet, but oh, you're you're gonna run it on you're gonna run on Stellar because you want fast transactions. You yeah, want fast transactions. I like cheap. those low fees. We're already it's a wedding. They're expensive. You know, keep the fees low. We're not gonna tell your fiance though that you were cheaping out and wanting to do quicker, oh, no, faster definitely. transactions. Tell her I was using a Bitcoin pre pre Segwit and Lightning Network. I want the highest fees. <laughs> This is <laughs> only but the best well, for you, honey. Only yeah, the best. Exactly. It yeah. may take a couple hours, but we got this. I have a better idea. What about a landing platform? <laughs> oh, oh no. Yeah. So, uh, guys, stay tuned for my landing platform, Zach's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh. trouble. Candace, please. Candace, bring some sanity. Bring us back around. Get us out of this. We, we... I mean. <laughs> Your wife will be happy if you get that going. A lending platform is going to make you guys, uh, you know, <laughs> very, uh, Go to very the endowed. Yeah. <laughs> does does um, Zach know this putting his wedding on the blockchain is immutable, can't be reversed. He's in it. This wedding. It's this, on the ledger now. It, man. It's we got on the ledger going. And, and yeah, I'm going to. It'll be public. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Help us, an Candace. Interesting idea help us uh, somebody yeah i'm gonna help you guys by getting you off this topic because i'm sure this could run forever <laughs> guys thank you so much for being a part of this episode um andre thank you for hopping on i asked him about 20 minutes before this happening happened and he did well amazing, done so i have to well done andre nice thank you guys thank you so good exactly. yeah and matt always the quarterback you know you always catch it or you throw it when i need it and i oh, sometimes man. catch it sometimes don't it just depends on the sports sports like attitude i'm in and zach thank you for uh being flexible with me as well i'm coming back on and i definitely want to see more from you so thank you guys you did great candace like remember people can go to itunes and hit subscribe that will help us get on the new and noteworthy list and please if you like this leave us a review and tell us and a big shout out to altcoin buzz army who have already flooded itunes and gotten on there and steam it and all the other platforms they've been awesome and receiving us on this podcast so good job candace yeah definitely before we go i'm going to shamelessly plug something i'm actually the creation of my own ladies podcast and i'm looking yes. for a lot of innovative, enthusiastic women that can kind of carry the weight with me to bring conversations that for the diverse group that we have already. And it's not going to be 
it's not going to be exclusively women only. I want everyone to understand that. This is not made tailor-made to lock you guys out. This isn't a Wonder Woman premiere where you're not allowed to see it in the movie theaters, okay? This is a conversation <laughs> among women that have interest in crypto, and we definitely have a different perspective than a lot, uh, a lot of it. other people. So, I love it. And you know what, Candace? You can. This is what's great about this. If you get any haters on YouTube in the comments or anywhere like that, you could be the Taylor Swift of crypto where you get on your podcast. And if if they dare do that, you can just do a podcast about them and they'll never do it again. Just, just you like know what Taylor I, what Swift would be- does. A better idea would be to <laughs> challenge them to get on here with me and talk on the phone. Oh, yeah. See if they can hang Wouldn't with you. Wouldn't that be you. great? I would love... I, I mean, if you guys are out there listening to this, get on Twitter. Altcoinbuzz. What's our... Twitter is altcoinbuzz.io. I-O. And get on there and give a huge shout out for this idea. I think... I know. I Zach, would you listen to that? I mean, I, I would love it. Of course. Of course, especially if we're bringing someone on here who's got to back up, back up the mouth. You know what I'm saying? And so I will, I will lay some Bitcoin as a bet on that Ooh. of who's going to win. No, Pray, wait, wait, wait! Place I a friendly wager. Serious about this? Oh my gosh, Matt! Don't do that. It's now it's too late. The Bitcoin's on the table. It the Bitcoin. Game on. <laughs> oh oh man. Yep, here you go. Well, first, Zach's an ICO lending platform, and now I, I'm at a challenge for cryptocurrency. I'm yeah. going to be absolutely slaughtered. Day. Yeah, oh, this is day. this is awesome. I mean, this is this is what we live for. I'll listen to it. I'm tuning in. I'm subscribing. <laughs> in all seriousness, though, uh, I am in charge of a lot of the podcast ideas and creating uh, both these platforms. So I... I want to personally get in touch with every single one of you, and I'm gonna give out my Twitter handle again. I did it the first episode, and yeah. it's uh, my username is Candace Renee. It's C A N D A C E R E N A Y. Please message me with um, your idea of a good segment that you want to listen to on this podcast, and I think. Matt and Jeff, Stephen, the whole team, Zach and Andre included, would appreciate you being involved in this as much as we want to be involved with you. Right, guys? Right. Mass adoption. Let's do it, you guys. Absolutely. Well said. Perfect. Okay, guys, I'm going to end it at this note. Uh, Stay tuned for the next episode, guys, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, everybody.